Can changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Vaden and Rex. All right, welcome back to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today we have joining us Matthew Trum from Treetop Permaculture and CampfireRestoration.org. Matthew is an amazing individual, and I know once you guys start to listen to this episode, you'll understand why I say that, but he's got an interesting background that he stumbled across permaculture, fell in love with it, and for those of you that don't know what permaculture is, he gets into that as well. Um, through permaculture, he's able to really make an awesome impact uh, and, and businesses that have spun off of his pr- love for permaculture and his own community of Oroville. And then uh, he started the campfirerestorationproject.org. And for those of you who are listening that don't know what campfire was, it was the most devastating wildfire in Californian history. And that started in November of 2018. And uh, Matthew takes his background of permaculture and his love for the area and the community and basically um, brings kind of a, a different uh, angle into the restoration side of post wildfire. And it's really an amazing story of how he is grassroots raising money to, to kind of help, you know, the environment, but also people kind of settle back into some normalcy. And he's got some amazing things lined up. He's connected with permaculturists from all over the world that are helping this project. So Super excited for you guys to listen to it. It is a couple parts. It's a long interview, but it's an awesome interview. Hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome to this episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today we have a special guest, Matthew Trum, who has a couple different things going on. He's got an amazing permaculture farm, uh, treetop permaculture, and he also has a really cool project going on uh, with the campfire restoration. So um, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rex. So we'll kind of get started with the permaculture side of things. Why don't you just kind of start with your background? Um, It seems like you've had a couple different permaculture locations. Is that correct? Yeah. um, Well, so I was a DJ uh, actually for about 25 years um, and a rapper. Uh, I I came from the Bay Area, um, East Bay, Concord. All right. And, uh, yeah, I used to spin records and, you know, like did, did tours and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, started rapping like maybe about 15 years ago and, uh, you know, did shows with big names and stuff. And, uh, and then I, I'm, my family, uh, we always had a place in uh, Berry Creek, which is a, a little mountain town above Lake Orville since I was growing up, like since I was about six years old and we'd go up there and, and, you know, visit it and stuff. And then my folks moved out to Butte County, um, probably about, I'd say about 16 years ago now or so, 16, 17 years ago. And, you know, and I was going through some things at one point, maybe four or five years after that in the Bay area and, and, you know, ended a relationship and was kind of like looking for something different. So I came out here and uh, I had a really diverse background, pretty much worked any kind of job you could think of. 
Um, and you know, and then I got into credit counseling when I moved out here because my dad had a financial business and he saw that it was like an opportunity, um, there and it was a niche. Um, and I started doing that. So I moved out here, first moved to Oroville, um, found a, a lady friend, moved to Chico for a couple years. And then I ended up, um, getting opportunity because my folks were actually staying up on the property, uh, in Berry Creek It's 12 acres. Uh, off grid. <clears throat> and then they were feeling like they were getting a little too old for that. And uh, so they wanted to get a place down in town. So they said, Hey, would you be interested in, you know, taking over our property up in Berry Creek? Um, and I, had, before all of this, I had never planted a plant in my life, <laughs> never touched anything. Okay. Like related to it. My folks grew a garden when I was a kid, but nothing like really serious. Um, had no calling to that really at all. And when I moved up to the mountain, uh, moved it to Berry Creek, I actually was working for the forestry department uh, at the time. I, I was in Chico um, and I had just got a job for the forestry department. And I was, you know, I was still doing credit counseling on the side, actually. And then I moved up there and, you know, I was more of like a prepper at the time. I was kind of like, you know, looking at all this crazy stuff going on in the world and really heavily like watching, you know, conspiracy theory type, uh, you know, videos and, and all this. Right. And so, you know, I thought as an opportunity to like cut my little piece off in the land and like, you know, make a bunker and store a bunch of food, <laughs> right. you know, and like, and that kind of thing. So, um, and then like a couple months after that, and I was still DJing and a couple months after I moved up there, I got an opportunity to um, go on a tour uh, with a bunch of my friends, uh, DJing and, and, and MCing and stuff. And like, and so, and then I went on this tour and I had spent, you know, like, like about six months up in the woods and I was working for the forestry department and I, I was, you know, out and, and I love performing, you know, but then I was like looking around this crowd and, and this, this lifestyle out of the Bay area. And I realized like, I don't ever want to do this anymore. Like this mm. isn't my thing anymore. Um, like this isn't my crowd. This isn't like the lifestyle that I want to live. Um, and so I really kind of went, I, I started getting really heavy into um, the land and started to, you know, part of being self-sufficient, you know, is growing your own food. So I started to like, you know, try that. And I failed miserably um, <laughs> the first couple of years, um, you know, doing very traditional kind of style stuff, reading books, um, always organic, but never, um, you know, just didn't really know what I was doing. And, and then my buddy, a good friend of mine, uh, Zach McPherson, he, um, he was always into plants and herbs and things like that growing up. And he gave me this book called One Straw Revolution uh, by a Japanese farmer, uh, Matsubanu Fukuyoa. And, <clears throat> and the book was all about this natural farming uh, method that he learned in Japan that he taught himself basically, um, by paying attention to nature and watching natural cycles. And mm. he calls it, uh, you know, lazy, lazy man's farming or do nothing farming, but it's actually, it's not that it's lazy at all. It's actually, um, it's just about timing and, you know, paying attention to natural cycles and kind of going with those natural cycles. And one of the, the big things that he was talking about in there, it was, if you see a piece of uh, a grass that's green, you know, an area in, in a property that's green all year round, that's where you want to throw some vegetable seeds because 
it obviously stays moist through the summer and um and those you know the grasses are herbaceous and okay and i was like this is kind of far out you know but i'm gonna try it whatever so i threw out some kale and charred seeds in this little patch of grass i found uh, in the mountains there and uh and i kind of forgot about it honestly and then i came back this is like early spring and i came back in like june july and i had two foot tall kale and charred plants wow growing. And I, and I didn't do anything to the spot and they ended up uh, going for two years. Mm. Um, they got like four foot tall and I ended up getting tons of seed off of that and spreading it out. And then I had this kind of like never ending kale and chard patch <laughs> right there ever since. And so that was like my first aha moment, you know, within this whole like regenerative kind of, um, natural gardening kind of thing. And then I'm starting to like do all this research online and I, I then discovered the, the term food forest and I started to, you know, watch all these videos on food forests and, and I was like, wow, this is the thing. This is really cool. And, um, and so the forest gardening and food forest thing was like, it was just about stepping back and, um, kind of letting, uh, letting the plants do their own thing, uh, you know, kind of just, um, yeah, the hands-off approach and um, and paying attention to natural cycles and not tilling the ground and you know things like that. And so it was a it was one of those things where it's like it took a lot of faith in it. But mm. every every time that you were able to have a little bit more faith and step back from things, um, the more results you had. And then you know by like a couple years into this, I was like my garden was just going crazy, and um, you know I was producing tons of food and not you know, working very hard at it. <clears throat> and then I found that word permaculture within my, you know, I kept, it kept coming up, you mm -hmm. know, in these different uh, papers and stuff. And, um, and so I started researching permaculture and I was like, this is the Holy grail. Like, this is like what I've been kind of seeking, you know, my awesome. whole life. And, um, you know, like, all the things that I, you know, all the jobs that I had and everything, it was like I was seeking something, you know, and, um, and I got in a lot of trouble when I was a kid and, you know, it was like just that whole, I think that whole, um, urban, you know, and city life kind of just tearing at me in a sense. And, um, and yeah, you know, I, I didn't really know, understand permaculture, um, even though I was, I was looking at a lot of the techniques online. Um, but as soon as I was like starting to get it, at least the techniques, I just couldn't help but like start to share it with others. And, you know, so I started teaching like immediately, um, up there and, um, you know, got a grant for a food forest and, um, uh, for a school up there in the mountains. Um, we got a $10,000 grant, uh, to put in a, um, revamp a school garden and, uh, and then put a food forest in a park. And it didn't really work out very well. Um, well, the, we got the school garden going, uh, which that should have been the, the, the goal of the grant. It, I was way too ambitious, you know, uh, mm -hmm. but that, that was huge. I mean, just doing that was huge. So they had this like this uh, garden that was abandoned for like 10 years um, there where like the kids actually milled the lumber to build the greenhouse at one point, like Whoa. when they built it. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was like, what? How do you guys let this go? You know? And, um, and so I got a garden coordinator for it and, uh, we, we put in a, a garden and planted it out and planted permaculture style when you, when you planted the garden for, um, 
Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it was all using permaculture techniques and I, you know, I hadn't taken my PDC yet. This is very, very important. Um, I actually hadn't taken my design course yet. Um, so I was all technique based. So, you know, I kind of got it, but then I took my course like in the middle of that. I was like, I took my course actually right in the middle of, uh, of designing this, uh, this space. So a lot of evolutions happened like in the mm-hmm. middle of, of actually working that site. Um, and then we got a lot of the mainframe uh, design stuff done over at the park that was next door. But then the, the citizens association that ran the park, um, you know, basically I was put underneath their wings um, like, and they didn't understand anything I was doing. Like they didn't understand right. the swale box. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, or the cover crops. They thought they were weeds, and they they thought the swales were tripping hazards, and you know, and there was just a lot of like, there's a lot of issues there, and they ended up shutting me down um, because mm. they they weren't really ready for for this. I brought the first amount of money to the park um, there, and like, and the first project, and I was like really just like fast moving, you know, and 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 doing a lot of stuff like you said out of the box and. Um, you know, just pulling in neighbors over there and, and they were worried about liability issues and this and that. And, you know, it was like, they're like, Whoa, okay. Like slow down over here. So they, they shut down my project and it was a really heavy blow for me at the time. And during the, uh, there was going to be a, um, a community meeting. It was like a yearly community meeting that they have a town hall. And a bunch of my supporters were going to come and like chew them out and everything. And I was going to come chew them out. I was like really mad and uh, about the whole thing. And then I started listening to the permaculture principles of like, you know, um, inclusive, not exclusive, uh, not, you know, use this opportunity as this challenge as an opportunity to, uh, to, to show um, your true nature and, and stuff. And, and so I actually called the people. I said, no, don't say anything. And I'm going to, I'm going to say something, um, to them. And I, I actually stood up and I thanked them for the opportunity to do this and, and just highlighted all the accomplishments that we did make. And, you know, that I hope that we can work better together next time. And, you know, that, that this is a, a stepping stone, you know, and in the crowd that day was Dr. Elaine Ingham, who Mm. is a world famous soil biologist. Um, and apparently started, was following me on Facebook during the garden project. And, um, she came up to me afterwards and say, Hey, I'm, I'm Dr. Elaine Ingham. I was like, that name kind of sounds familiar, but I didn't know who she was really at the time. Uh Um, and she said, how would you like to have a management position at our new, uh, soil research farm that, uh, was literally five minutes down the road for me, um, up there. So it was like, just immediately the whole situation flipped like where I was like this ending of this amazing thing. And, and I was so bummed out to like, I got this incredible job with this lady who's like world famous and um, you know, it's right down the street from me. <laughs> and so I went, I got to be a farm manager and set up her, um, her research facility called uh, environmental uh, celebration Institute, which okay. was in Barry Creek. And I got to work with Penny Livingston, who's also a world famous permaculturist, um, on the design and we set the whole farm up. She taught me all of her composting techniques. Like I got 
to be put through all of her courses for free, which is like, you know, $15,000 worth of like courses. Is that where you got your design certification? No. So I got my design certificate from Jeff Lawton. Um, I just took an online course. Um, and actually I followed a bunch of his videos for a long time. He's doing some awesome stuff. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. And, um, you know, and it's like, because I was up in the mountains and I had a lot of, you know, stuff going on, I had my own garden, you know, to take care of. I couldn't really go away for two weeks for, you know, an intensive. Um, but I ended up teaching, uh, helping to teach a course, like literally like two days before I, I graduated from the online course, I helped teach another course, uh, in Chico with a lady. Um, and <laughs> And so essentially I, I took a hands-on course awesome. uh, yeah. while I was teaching. Or that's while the best way to teaching. learn, right? Yeah. So, you know, and I had a lot of experience with it, but, uh, you know, with, with, with hands-on, uh, you know, technique stuff. But then when I took that permaculture design course, I mean, like it just blew my mind. It was the design side of it. Um, what I realized is that that was the, that was the really important stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all the techniques are really circumstantial and, and not relevant all the time. And um, but if you understand the design side of it, you can really uh, go go everywhere from there. So, yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's a long, it's a big story. So it's you know, it's hard for me to just like, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, that was a great so recap. I mean, I, one uh, question I had that, you know, I, I never uh, uh, kind of pondered before, but you'd mentioned the Japanese um, uh, quote that you had in there. Is that where permaculture started? Is it Japanese based? Um, no, actually it's Australian based. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, and that quote was from uh, it, it. It was like, you know, it's, I mean, it might not be perfect, but that's um, based on, you know, the, the permaculture designers manual. So permaculture was started in um, Australia um, by, uh, two, two folks. Um, it was David Holgram and, um, and Bill Mollison. And, uh, Bill Mollison was a tutor for, um, this university and David Holgram was a student, um, doing his master thesis project on, uh, ecology and, and stuff. And basically, um, Bill had seen, uh, he, he actually was in the logging industry and like a lot of like, you know, and, and he was a hunter and a fisherman and um, had spent a lot of time with uh, indigenous people uh, in, uh, in um, uh, actually where was he was in, um, well, next to Australia there. Um, uh, New Zealand? New Zealand, right. New Zealand and New Guinea and, um, and a bunch of places he had traveled around and he like had pondered one day, he goes, looking around in this beautiful ecology that he was in he said you know i could design this like people could design these things you know like we could design a forest you know and uh that was like the aha moment for him like the spark and then david holgram was looking at um how to apply um ecology into landscape design and so those two kind of mixed together and came up with the permaculture one which was the very first publication idea of permaculture and then um yeah permaculture two was like a follow-up to that and then um and then bill wrote the designer's manual which is what when people say 
you know, what is permaculture? Well, it's a manual. It's literally like you can give them the book. Like here's, per- this is what permaculture is. Mm. It has 12 modules. It goes through the whole series of introduction, concepts and themes and design, methods of design, um, and then pattern understanding. And, and those are kind of the core. And then every other part uh, is essentially the mainframe life elements for, um, for everything we need to do. So it's like, it's looking at climate, it's looking at, um, you know, soil, it's looking at trees, looking at, um, you know, water, you know, all the systems that make life happen. And so it's, you know, I, I always joke, like, I, I think it's a, um, a user's guide for the earth, you know, in a sense, it's like, if you were to have a citizenship program for aliens, you know, coming on the earth, it's like, give them a permaculture design manual and it's literally everything you need to understand the planet. Mm, gotcha. So uh, to kind of fast forward where you're at right now, I mean, yep. you have your own permaculture farm that you run in Oroville. Is that correct? Or is it is that maybe not the best way to describe it? Yeah, you know, so I would. Hmm, yeah. Saying a farm uh, is is, yeah, is, is one way to say it. Um, I would say it's, you know, it's kind of a, uh, just a little habitat, a little piece of heaven here gotcha. uh, that I've created and it's been evolving, um, you know, since I got here. Yeah. This, uh, you know, for everybody, this is a video where we were on video. And if you could see behind me, um, this yard, uh, it was completely blank palette when I got here three years ago. Um, I'm in downtown Oroville. I'm two blocks away from downtown. Um, awesome. and it's a urban lot. It's a third acre. Um, and I'm, uh, I came from 12 acres, you know, an off grid living, um, and I moved down here kind of kicking and screaming, if you will, because, uh, my, you know, my lady at the time, um, you know, she was, she lived in Sacramento. Uh, my daughter and her mom had moved, uh, to paradise actually moved about a half hour further away. And so it would have been an hour for me to commute uh, to get her every every other day. And um, so I needed to be closer to to the people I loved. And so right. I, I was looking around and this property came up. It was a really good deal. Um, and I, you know, walked to the backyard. And this is now after I had gotten my design certificate and um, and had a couple years of that, you know, kind of playing around with that, you know, and then. I, I see this property in complete blank palette, you know, and it was like, hmm, this this could be really fun, actually. And I like the limits because when you're on large piece of land, it's like you mm. can just get really spread thin. And uh, and one of the things that, you know, uh, one of my mentors had talked about is like, you know, limits uh, sit, when you have limits that you be, you become more creative. And so I immediately started like just walking the property the first day I started designing it in my head, you know, Mm. and, uh, and there was bonuses too, because there was like a bunch of fruit trees that were hanging over the fences from my neighbor's properties. Um, so it was like two giant mulberry tree fruiting mulberries. And there was a, a, uh, a pecan and a, a a palmello and a, a persimmon tree and, uh, uh, jujubes, uh, hanging over the fence and, so I was like, this is a pretty good, you know, like start here. Um, and I'm in sandy soil. And, um, and anyways, I started, you know, so I got the place and uh, started to implement my design, like, you know, right off the bat. 
And um, I was kind of in a good spot because I had some money saved up. So I had about three months that um, I could just really put into the land here. Um, and I had already been, you know, I pretty much been doing my own business um, since 2015 um, is when I I quit my last job and then I was like, I was doing, uh, mushroom, I was selling mushrooms, um, to restaurants, uh, that I picked wild up in Berry Creek and I, I was growing mushrooms and I was, um, I, you know, I was doing consultancy for permaculture and I was teaching workshops and I was, um, you know, I was starting to sell plants and things. And, um, and so I had enough going, um, to where I, I was pretty self-sufficient and, um, and so, yeah, I just, uh, I started, uh, working the land here and, you know, going to first step was like, I need fertility. Um, so I need to start composting. And, um, you know, I went and started knocking on the doors of the restaurants downtown here and, um, started getting all their food scraps. And so I started a composting program, uh, where now we have, uh, seven restaurants in downtown that I get food scraps from. Wow. About that's a, awesome. Yeah. About a bucket every other day. Um, from them. And so I was starting to compost like crazy, started teaching composting classes because um, I have a master of compost, um, you know, certificate. Um, and and so started doing that and uh, it, it started getting out of control. I uh, had way too much compost going on in, in my yard. So uh, this guy, this feed store guy that I was sending a lot of people to um, for, you know, straw and, and stuff. He, um, he had an empty lot next to his place, about a fifth acre, which he just basically gifted me, um, to do the composting program out of. Um, oh, that's awesome. And so, yeah, we started that. Um, and, uh, I started getting wood chip trucks to drop off, uh, wood chips there. Um, and so, you know, I think up to date we've, we've diverted, uh, I would the last number. It was like, I don't know. It was like about uh, uh, 1,500 tons or something. We've diverted from landfill. Um, wow. You know, since we started about a year ago. Um, That's awesome. And you know, we've got like we're sitting on like about 500 yards of wood chips over there, and you know, we're doing a windrows of compost and and stuff, mostly by hand. Um, but I've got a buddy who comes out every so often and uh, with a tractor and helps us out and stuff. And um, so yes, that, that came and then, you know, and then I started to, I taught my first design course here. Um, I, my, my living room is also a classroom. Um, awesome. so I got a little eight foot whiteboard and, um, you know, a, a big screen TV that I, that I teach from there and I do intimate, uh, like 10 person, uh, courses here. And I, I did, uh, I've done three so far now, um, three waves of students. So I've certified, uh, about, well, from just here, I've certified about um, about 30 students and then um, through collaborations, um, you know, about another 30. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then, you know, so then we did work. We do workshops and um, and it's it's such a crazy story, man. I mean, like I didn't know anybody when I moved down here at all. I didn't have anything going on. Um, and from just working my property and then teaching out of here. Um, you know, next thing you know, I've got, I'm, I've got plant cuttings, right. That I'm pulling out, I'm, I'm weeding and I'm like, Oh, I could pot this up and make five bucks off of this weed that I'm pulling right now. Cause it's a, a plant I could sell. And, um, and so I started a nursery and, uh, we came up with the great idea of like, 
you know, I could donate 10% of the sales to school garden programs in the area or to start school garden programs. That's awesome. So it's like a box top program where like people buy plants for me and they don't even know this usually. And I, I go, oh, how would you like to, uh, where would you like your donation to, go, what school would you like your donation to go to? And they go, what? I say, yeah, well, we donate 10% of this to school garden programs. Do you have a school you like send this to in the area? And then I show up to schools with checks and the schools don't even know what's going on. And I go, oh, well, this is for a school garden program. And they go, oh, we don't have one. I go, would you like one? And, uh, (laughs) and then, so, and then we started, uh, a school garden program from, from, from everything. And so I came up with Cornerstone school garden programs and, uh, Hearthstone school in Orville here is our demonstration site for the County. Um, so we've been, uh, we're, we're now the County uh, site for uh, school garden programs and, um, how long has that been, been going at that location? Um, about, well, it's they started uh, the garden about five years ago, but I, I started working there three years ago, uh, and we've taken full control now. Uh, it's been over a year, year and a half now. Um, wow. and, and so, you know, we've got a food forest there. We've got uh, water catchment swales. We're collecting rainwater. Um, you know, we're, we've got, you know, garden beds. Um, so I've got a whole permaculture uh, school garden program and uh, and we're starting a nursery this year uh, which is part of the program um, where you know the, we plant mother stock we uh, take cuttings from that um, and we um, you know and then we start a school garden or a, a nursery for the school which then helps um, the whole thing like whether the food coming out of it which we put into our co-op um, <laughs> so many things do uh, but I love how it's all linked together. It seems like it's all disconnected. Everything that you do leads you somewhere else that, you know, does either another avenue for you to create or another avenue for you to create in your community. I mean, everything that you've talked about so far just leads to something else. Yeah. You know, you start off growing food and, you know, and, and it's all about your, you know, it's all about simple things like for yourself, you know, and, um, and then, uh, you end up creating these connections that just naturally develop and, um, and just, you know, become their own, you know, they, they create, take their own form and expression. And, um, yeah, I mean, when we did one of our courses, um, you know, I, I like to do a design for, um, a, a real client, uh, as one of our parts of the course. So we, okay. we go and do a consultation with our students for, uh, you know, a real client, in this case, um, it was for one of the restaurants that I do um, the compost from, and he ran a farmer's market uh, in the downtown. It was like the heart of downtown here in Oroville, and the space there uh, used to be a bus, a bus stop, like a bus, like, um, I don't know, like transfer station, okay. and the, the city had planted, you know, the little, like, areas in there and it was all like unkempt and un you know it was just really bad choices of plants and they were all dying and everything was just looking really bad and and I like saw this space as like a major potential um and actually the course before this um we actually had um we had some students uh we looked at Oroville on the map and we were like trying to figure out like what was what was not working here um in in Oroville like, why is, why is the town not seem to work? And, and so we, we realized that um, because it didn't have a town center, uh, mm. didn't have a heart, 
you know, it didn't have like a, a, a heart, a place to like fall back to, you know what I mean? That we, people could identify right, with. Yeah, totally. Um, and so then I realized that when I was in that space one day, that that was the space. Um, that could be that town center. And so of course I, I, I had, you know, I called the owner. I said, Hey, how would you like me and my students to come there and do a design on this space? He was like, yeah, that's, that's great. What do I have to lose? Sure. So, uh, my students did eight different designs on this, um, on the site and he, he liked it so much. And he actually let us use one of his buildings for our graduation party. And, uh, he never even, he didn't even really know what permaculture was or anything. And mm -hmm. at this point, we built up such a like a, such a a group of permaculturists in the area from all the different things I've done that we had like about a hundred people show up to this space. It was like uh, we had band and we had all this stuff, you know, this really cool community. And he's like, "What is this? You know, like what is going on here?" And uh, and so we uh, you know we went ahead and um, and presented those designs and he was just so blown away. He came to me a week and a half later and, and asked if I'd like to lease that space and run the farmer's market and implement the design. And so, um, that's, that was my next chapter. So that was last <laughs> year. That was last year. Um, and so I ended up, uh, running, a, running the farmer's market, um, which came with a, a food truck, um, a, a, like a, a stationary kind of food truck, uh, cafe thing, which they usually ran, but they didn't have enough staff. So I ended up, you know, having to, we actually, I ended up getting a food license. We started a, a farm to fork cafe, um, where we did uh, all farm to fork breakfast burritos and, and everything. And, uh, I had some of my guys that were my apprentices, uh, run our booth. So we had like a permaculture greeting booth that was, um, we had like a demonstration of everything that we did. We had our compost for sale there. We had our plants for sale there. We had, um, you know, like uh, just books out for education, like design pictures of designs and stuff. And so people would come in there and they like they'd either, you know, want to get some of our food or whatever, or they'd want to plant. And then and then but then they need to know how to grow the plant. And then they oh, they need the compost and then they need a consultancy. And then, um, you know, and then they're buying our breakfast burritos, which came from our garden which was grown from the compost we got from the restaurants you know and it's just yeah full it's circle just that's awesome you know thing and um and so from and then then i was like oh um you know we uh, what i realized is we didn't have a very uh, healthy food scene here you know i called probably every possible farm or farmer small scale big scale in the area trying to get vendors there it was really difficult um, to get people to come out and, and sell, you know, that were actually, um, farmers, you know, for food, we, we got like, you know, crafters and things like that, but I really wanted more local healthy food. And, um, what I realized is a lot of people wanted to do it and that had the good, like organic stuff, but they didn't want to like go on a Saturday, you know, they didn't want to drag their stuff out in the heat. Um, they had families or whatever, and then I came up with this idea of like, why don't we just do a co-op booth, like one booth that <clears throat> people can drop off a little of this, little of that. We sell it for them, and then we 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 take a small commission. And awesome. so so we started that, and where it was like, originally it was like they would drop off Friday night, we would do a little in inventory, and you know, and mark it off, and then Saturday morning we would sell it, 
And then, you know, and then they'd have to come back and pick up whatever we didn't sell, or I would end up selling some to the restaurants or whatever. And it- okay. Oh, All right. So what you heard there is some technical difficulties. We ended up losing connection, but don't worry. Matthew is back on the next episode with everything campfirerestorationproject.org. Tune in. If you like today's episode, you can find more information at mycorneruniverse.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Thank you.